Hello, everybody, and welcome to the latest episode of the Skewed and Reviewed Skewedcast. Did it about a day late today because we had some things going on. Uh, Justin's off taking care of some stuff, so Michael's joining me. And, of course, with everything that's going on, it was just absolutely crazy. So we opted to wait a day and give you a more condensed version uh, that's, uh, you know, more quick hitting, less discussion, that sort of thing. So what we, uh, again, we're going to remind you, please check us out online at SKNR.net. And we have movies, games, television, all things pop culture. I have a lot of stuff that I'm really excited to talk to you about in terms of upcoming television shows, stuff like that. Unfortunately, they're all under embargo until tomorrow, and I did not want to push things back another day. But uh, we have game news, we have convention news, we have hardware, software and, of course, uh, a lot more. Also, check us out, BJ Shea's Geek Nation on KSWFM, KSW.com. Simulcast the segments. I have a segment that we put up uh, today. We actually uh, went out today instead of um, Friday because there was a reveal late in the week last week, and we wanted to make sure that we got that and included it on air. We'll be discussing that. Go to Pinal, P-I-N-A-L, Central.com, keyword skewed, CR. Um, content in the eight newspapers in the Pinal Central Network. And of course, we have Skewed and Reviewed the magazine, and the latest issue is currently in the works. We hope to have that wrapped up by next uh, week, and we will be good to go. So starting off, Michael and I are going to discuss some of the big news of the last week. And one of the biggest stories was the Call of Duty Black Ops Cold War multiplayer reveal, where we got a very in-depth look at some of the maps, some of the multiplayer modes, and more, as well as some more details on the beta. So, Michael, what was your take from all of this? I really, What I was really excited about was it looks like they kind of went back to, and I kind of talked about this in the past, where it looks more like Black Ops 1, which was by far one of my favorite of the franchises. Um, one of the things that I thought was interesting though is it looked like there was a lot of larger maps and vehicular combat which is you know more attuned to battlefield and and typically less as much for call of duty the one thing I, i've liked about the call of duty series in general versus the battlefield games is i like the smaller maps where i'm not spending 10 minutes to go and get killed and then spend 10 minutes traipsing back to where i was just to get killed again um, which tends to be my experience with battlefield particularly when with the uh uh, vehicles and that kind of thing so i i did find it interesting that ve vehicular stuff they've got one that takes place on um in the ocean on ships um they also show some that are you know atvs and that sort of thing so there did seem to be a bit more of a vehicular focus on these maps so it does look like we're going to kind of get a mix of smaller um traditional call of duty maps as well as some bigger more immense uh maps um, the the one on the ocean looked amazing where you're trying to, I think, take control of a submarine and you're kind of, you know, there's a bunch of little little ships and, and, and boats and that kind of thing that you're, you know, driving and you're, you're kind of uh, going back and forth on. One of the new um, multiplayer ones they talked about was the VIP one where what you're you're the VIP you one of the guys on your team plays a VIP. The rest of the team is trying to protect you. Um, you're not exactly without you know you have a weapon so you're not exactly helpless but the whole point is you need to get to the extraction point at all costs and the folks around you are there to protect you and get you to that extraction point and then of course the other team is trying to take out the vip 
to prevent them from extracting. So I really liked, you know, we've kind of talked about, you know, over the past couple iterations, things have kind of gotten stale, maybe a little bit. Um, Modern Warfare really kind of re got reinvigorated the franchise a bit. The latest one got a little bit more excitement into it. Um, the Black Ops games had kind of started to to you know drift off a bit and kind of lose some of what made them special. But it really looks like they went back to the drawing board. Treyarch really went back to the drawing board on this one and really is looking to give us a a more you know unique experience. Obviously, they're keeping a lot of the things that keeps um, folks of the franchise coming back, but they're not afraid to expand and take risks and do a little bit more with the uh, with with the series. You know, again, bigger maps, some vehicular combat, a little bit more than what we've seen in the past, um, but it still has that same run and gun feel to it. Uh, some new game maps, you know, some obviously some new um, game modes, multiplayer game modes. And I thought it was a really good show. We got to see is about what, an hour or so of gameplay footage of the multiplayer footage where they kind of showed off a lot of the the new maps. Um, again, some really interesting one that, was again, was is completely on water, which I thought was really cool. Um, you know, you get to see, um, you know, there's some, you know, downtown type uh, Miami downtown, um, you know, fighting going on where you have that. You also have some traditional um, Soviet Union foresty type wintry type settings. So all in all, the maps look really interesting. The, the the various gameplay looks really interesting. And this is probably one of the ones I'm most excited about over the past couple of years. So I really, it really looks like Treyarch did a fantastic job on this one. And I'm looking forward to getting my hands on it. And I think what really worked for me is as I was watching the stream, people were filling up the chat room. Zombies, 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 zombies. And then we got that really, really, really tiny tease but it's yet it's not listed anywhere in the breakdown from it. But what I really was curious about was the jet ski one where you're zipping around. And I, of course, being me going, well, we know it's going to have the little remote controlled car with the C4 on it. What happens if I drop that on the water or does it become a boat for that little mission or, you know, things like that. And then, of course, kind of like we play at in the um, uh, the blood money and all of that. So can I take a vehicle, charge it straight at somebody, jump out, but right before I go, you know, arm an explosive and let the car go as a flaming mess right into them. And so I think there's going to be some really interesting uh, experimentation, and I think people are going to have some really creative things. They talked about the various uh, new options in gunsmithing in terms of customization. And what I thought was fantastic was they told us that the ba- – we I asked Activision this to um, – Head of marketing directly said crossplay is going to be enabled for the beta. So, you know, doesn't matter what you're playing on, folks. It, if you got it, you're going to be able to play it. And I think that is fantastic because they had crossplay in the last one for the first time. And it was so nice to be able to play with my son in the game and, uh, you know, that, just have that you know, family experience, even though we're in two separate states, have the granddaughter sitting there acting as a spotter, even though. (laughs) Uh, So, yeah, it'll it'll be great to see. And I can't wait to see more. I know it's funny how normally these come out in October, but sometimes November this year we have a November release. But at least in October, we're going to have all the betas to look forward to. And of course, I'm sure as we get closer, there's going to be even more stuff to come out. 
Uh, you mentioned the different modes. That fire team mode sounds really cool too. So I'm curious about that. Now, as uh, we get uh, closer to the fall and the holiday season, we had word uh, that Sony was going to be holding a showcase this Wednesday, and everybody started to get excited, saying that, okay, this is it. We're going to get the re- uh, the release date. We're going to get the price, so on and so forth. Then word started to leak out later today, not from Sony, of course, but from other sources, that it was just going to be reveals only, no pricing information, no release date information. Michael, what do you think of this? Huh, well, I find this very interesting because I think you and I were both under the same thought that, you know, now that Microsoft has released their price, you know, we got to see the the S series, which, you know, had been rumored, but we finally get to see what that looks like. We got to see what I thought was pretty competitive pricing from Microsoft on both of those boxes, um, given the fact that we, we know that the PlayStation 5 and the Xbox Series X are pretty much the same hardware for the most part. Um, there are some differences with RAM and, and the SSDs and stuff, but realistically, AMD does the the... the Hardware for both of those um, Ryzen CPUs with Navi GPUs. Um, so again, realistically, they're they're very similar. So one would expect that we would see uh, some price. I, what I don't understand, and you know, I can understand. There's always been that we'll wait until Microsoft releases theirs and we'll undercut them by a dollar, right? We'll, we'll undercut them by hundred bucks, whatever. So one would think that now that Microsoft just went ahead and released their uh, the release date and the the price that sony would be chomping at the bit to follow that up and the fact that there's rumors going on that we're not going to see a price yet again we're getting pretty close to you know they're they're already saying you know it's getting close to pre-order time um and i know that some of that pre-order is like you, you get an opportunity to pre-order but we're not going to tell you what the price is you know I, I i get a little nervous when um we're this far down the road xbox microsoft's already shown their hand you know, traditionally what we would have seen at previous events, like with the 360 or more recently the PS4 and the Xbox One, was that, you know, even at E3, we would see Microsoft drop the price and then Sony the next day would drop the price. The fact that they're still kind of being, I don't want to say secretive, but there is still a lot of, um, you know, there's there's been a lot of, you know, leaks, quote unquote leaks, where people have found prices on web pages or Amazon UK or whatever. Um, but we haven't really seen anything official from Sony. Um, the fact that it took them as long just to release the the hardware, what it was going to look like, you know, you would think that this would be the perfect time with about roughly two months or so to release um, that we would be getting a lot more information. Again, price is important, especially for people who are, are needing to start saving up money or, or starting to, you know, consider what they need to do to get get the the, the system on launch. Again, we know what Microsoft is releasing. So, yeah, I'm, I'm a little concerned that we, we haven't seen the price release. I mean, right now there's really nothing, in my opinion, to, to that is that there's a buildup for a reason not to reveal the price. Um, again, unless the expect unless the price is going to be significantly higher than what we expect, which I don't think Sony would do, um, which they might think might distract people so they want to build up excitement on the video game releases so that they think people will be willing to shell out whatever it is to buy one Um, one of the things that we've heard over and over again is that consoles are recession proof i don't know if consoles are pandemic proof um, with the price and and what with people's disposable income as it is so yeah i mean i'm surprised that we haven't seen this 
you know, one of the things, you know, some of the things that I am excited about from the showcase that I think we'll see are some of the games, you know, maybe some more on the horizon Forbidden West um, gameplay. Um, that's one that I'm pretty excited about. Maybe a little bit more on Spider-Man uh, that's coming out. Um, obviously, Ratchet and Clank, we've seen a lot of that already. Uh, I'd be interested to see, are we going to see something from From Software um, with their latest game that's that's in the works? Um, what other announcements are we going to see? Are we going to see some, uh, you know, game draw, jaw-dropping announcement that we weren't expecting? I really don't think so. Um, I would think that if anything, we're going to see probably see likely more, maybe get some release dates on some of these games, maybe get some more. Oh, these are going to be a PlayStation 5 exclusive launch title um, and maybe a date on the, the console. One would expect that they're going to look to match Microsoft, at least on the street date. Again, I don't know realistically how hard it's going to be to get a PlayStation 5 or an Xbox for that matter. Um there's been rumors that a lot of that's it's the supply is going to be very limited and a lot of people are going to be looking to 2021 before they can even get their hands on one. I don't know how, I guess that depends on, you know, they plan for these things and missing a, a Christmas release date, I think would be detrimental to both companies. So I would assume that a November release date with the plan to ramp up the availability of this stuff from Christmas would be key for either of these consoles to do well but we also know that a lot of this stuff is not in Sony or Microsoft's control. Um, components, specifically the NVMe drives, um, a lot of the China distributed stuff, you know, a lot of this stuff was probably meant to be in the pipes and ready to be distributed um, much earlier. So I know they're running up against that. But I, again, I still think we need to see at some point they need to come out and say the price. I understand that uh, there's some variance in that and maybe they're hoping that maybe the price for their unique components has gone way up because of the pandemic maybe they're hoping that those prices are going to normalize a bit over the next week or two but again this stuff should be in production these stuff should be already out in shipping containers uh, being shipped to the u.s i mean at this point i can't imagine that that price is going to change that much from tomorrow to next week so I, i really hope at some point we get to see um, I think that's what a lot of people are waiting for to, to kind of get their idea what what this is going to cost us in the long run. So I have uh, my thoughts, and I'll start with the negative before I go with the positive. The first thought is that, as you remember, Sony was allowing people to request a pre-order, but only through the Sony site. And they weren't saying, and of course it was, it's going to be very limited. We'll let you know. We still don't have a price, still don't have a release date. One thought is perhaps they're trying to take the third market out until supply catches up. No Amazon, no Best Buy, no Target. You want it, you come through us. If not, you wait until they're in the stores. And while people would say, God, that'd be absolutely detrimental, I do remember back to when the Wii came out. Didn't see this problem for the Wii U, but nobody bought it. And then in some cases, the Switch had this. Although, to be fair, before the pandemic, the Switch was easier to find than the original Wii. I remember that when we finally decided to get it, it uh, was months later after it came out. Uh, I'm trying to remember. I remember getting it. I'm trying to remember the exact date. But basically, we had... um, We'd bought an Xbox and it red ringed of death two days in and we just were not getting any support. So we said, OK, forget it. Had the PS3. We sent sent the Xbox back and said, just give us a credit toward the Wii. 
and they were on backlist forever. And we actually had gone to Disneyland. I want to say it was February. I think it came out in November. We, we went and we went over to the Target just to pick up some like band-aids. Cause as you know, as you walk around, you get the blisters on your feet. And as I normally do, I walk by the electronics and this lady's on the phone and she says, tell someone so fast. They have, they have four wees here. They have four wees. And I said, oh, they have three. <laughs> and I, uh, called over the clerk and said that one right there. Thank you very much. And they had just gotten a shipment in, they put four in the case and boom, there they go. And months later, you know, a month or so later, they still weren't readily available. And I remember going into a store and the guy says to me, you know, they have warehouses full of these things and they're just sitting on them because what they're trying to do is they're trying to build up hype. They're trying to build up anticipation. So people like us come around and say, oh, hey, you know, put down $20, put down $5 or whatever, and we'll let you know as soon as they're available. And I said, well, what's the idea behind that? He says, so the idea is that if it's, this is the hard to find thing that when you see it, you'll come and get it. Whereas if it's readily available on the shelf, you'll say, eh, I'll wait till it comes down in price. And I said, oh, okay, that makes sense. And then you started to see a little bit of the same with the switch. So I wonder if that's kind of part of it. Um, if you really, really want it, we're going to make you go through some hoops to get it. But if you want to wait, so on and so forth. The other thing that I'm wondering, is we've heard it's been in manufacturing for a couple of few months now. The other thing I'm wondering is if they have a plan in place to essentially wow us with all these games at this thing on Wednesday. And if you are right, and they are indeed not a bunch of indie games, and they, we do see two or three really solid AAA titles that we have not even heard about yet. And then they say, oh, yeah, all of this stuff is launch window. So then they could come out in October and say, okay, this is the price. This is the um, street date. And, oh, yeah, these are all the titles that are coming at launch and hit Microsoft in the we're going to be cheaper than you, and we're going to have more exclusives uh, in, in the first you know launch window than you. And that way people will say, well, geez, even if I can't get my hands on one of these right now, I'm not going to run off and buy the competition. I'm going to wait until I can get my hands on one of these. And it, it, it's similar to what Microsoft used to do, you know, the old vaporware stuff where they would say, Oh, yeah, we got this coming and we got this coming and we've got this and it's going to do this, this and that. And so people would say, you know, I'm going to hold off on this company here. I'm going to wait till I can get my hands on that thing. So, you know, games within games within games. Who knows? Now, moving forward, let's talk about something that I'm really excited over. And since you are definitely a nuts and bolts hardware person, Michael, tell us about these new NVIDIA uh, graphic cards and why we should be so excited over the three series. Oh, wow. Well, I'll tell you what, I just upgraded to 2080 supers about eight months ago and I'm already looking to potentially get a 3000 series. So the 3000 series, um, is really a culmination of what the previous gen should have been right. What, and we're, we're there, there. A lot of the people are still on, um, NDA. So the expectation based on NVIDIA's, um, information that we've seen and some of the leaked stuff that I've seen is that we're going to see probably a, a 50% increase um, for, a, for a 3080 over the 2080 Ti at 
a price. So the 2080 Ti's were selling, well, they they were selling up until this Five, announcement. Seven hundred dollars. Well, no, the Ti's are about twelve hundred dollars. Oh, the T, yeah, sorry, sorry. And even the the 499, the the 3070, uh, Nvidia is promising is going to outperform a 2080 Ti, and that's for the I think 499 price point. Uh, so yeah, these are game changers. The the ironic thing about this is, and I think this is where it kind of ties into the console wars, is is Navi, which is uh, AMD's next gen video card. It's what's been in the the Sony PlayStation. Um, the rumors that I had seen was that the uh, the Xbox, which was going to have the higher graphical performance over the PlayStation Five, but you know, relatively speaking, but either of those. The performance was almost up to a 2080 Ti. So what that tells us, and again, I'm not saying that um, people are buying consoles because they were going to be more powerful than PCs. And, and we all know that consoles are usually in the development cycle for a couple of years. So the days of consoles coming out more powerful than PCs, I think, are pretty much gone. Um, they can't keep up with the, the times from the amount of time it takes to get them into developers' hands and that sort of thing. But what that tells us is... Um, NVIDIA, once again, gives you, you know, twice as much, almost twice as much power, at least 50% higher performance than the most powerful console that there is um, with that, that, that expectation. The other interesting thing that we're seeing with these is the price, right? We're talking for the 3080s, which are um, showing 50%, you know, price over, 50% performance improvement over the 2080 Ti's at a 799 price point. Uh, that means pretty much anybody who has that kind of money. And again, even the 3070 for 499, granted that's about the cost of a console, but will give you um, uh, real-time ray tracing, 60 frames per second on 4K displays, you know, at that 499 price point. And what uh, NVIDIA is saying is, and take this with a grain of salt, again, this is relative, but they're saying that they can even drive 8K displays with the 3080s. And we're not even talking about the 3090s which is a 1499 card, um, but has 24 gigs of video RAM, which is insane. I think the ones coming out, I think that it's, I think it's 10 gig on the 3080. I'd have to check. And I think that's about where we're going to be sitting with um, the consoles, but those are also going to be split between the GPU and the, uh, the CPU. So, uh, yeah, I think NVIDIA, you know, knocked it out of the park with this announcement. Uh, Ampere, which is the um, Turing was the, the 2080 series. Ampere, which is the 30, the 3000 series, um, looks to be the real a generational leap uh, that 20, the 2000 series was hoping to be. It runs second generation ray tracing. Um, it has a second generation DLSS, which is their deep learning, which allows you to run better looking graphics at lower settings it, the way it works it does it, you know it kind of the stuff you don't see it minimizes the the um how those pixels are generated so the stuff you're looking at what you really care about is uh, is at a higher definition than what you're not seeing you know in the background but i i think we haven't seen the new amd cards again these are the navi cards that the, the the generation of the new consoles are based on, but the hard the version for the PC. Um, but I think it's going to be a really difficult thing for AMD to catch up again uh, at the GPU level. Again, speculation based. Those cards are um, coming out. I think in the next 
six days or so, seven, five days. Uh, like anything else, the expectation is there's a lot of excitement brewing over these cards. I think much more than the 2000 series. Um, again, the, the the price for the performance you're getting is staggering. Uh, and I think a lot of folks are going to be looking to upgrade fairly soon. So, again, we're expecting that there's going to likely be um, shortages on these things as well. But it's exciting. And the reason this is exciting is it just means that um, – everybody's that things like ray tracing which has been kind of slow to get adoption now that we're seeing that on the on the console generations and on cards on the pcs that are able to generate those we're going to start seeing more graphical leaps in a lot of games and i think uh it's an exciting time you know i i you know it's it's fun to be hyped about this stuff um i certainly don't think that people are going to not buy the consoles just because a 3000 gpu came out uh, but it does it does allow for more choice, um, and it does keep uh, the competition going. It also allows for developers to really develop, I think, higher graphical standards and not be held back by the hardware that they were on previous generations. So, yeah, it's an exciting time for, I think, everybody involved. And I think it'll be interesting to see if this changes consumer habits, because I've seen some game posting threads where people are saying, well, there's no reason for me to run out and buy a console right now because I can just wait until uh, supply is better, the price goes down, and, uh, oh, yeah, some of these exclusives and all of this stuff comes out. And since so many of these exclusives are already coming for P starting to come for PC now, Sony's saying they might be doing more and more. I'm just going to go out and get a card. And of course, my thought on that is right. But you got to, you got to, the teeter totter swings both ways. The cards will go down in price too as time goes on as well. And, you know, like you said, let's, we talked about the, the cards with the ray tracing abilities. There was only a handful of games. It may take a good year to two years before you start to see games that can really, truly take advantage of the firepower of these things. I mean, sure, you can patch them up. I mean, I, I look back to the date, and I know this is a very primitive technology in comparison, but I look at the Voodoo 2 cards. And I remember when I got my first graphic accelerator, the Voodoo 2, plugged it in, and I was getting ready to play Quake 2. And I was expecting these eye-popping 3D graphics. And basically, all I, my first thing I noticed is, okay, it's more like red light and glare. You get a little, it's not, you get a little more color variation. It took a while until you started to see things. You know, like by the time Quake came around, then I was like, oh, I can see it now. Now I see the difference. Now I see the thing. And so I I think it's a good thing overall. I'm just curious if you, how many people might be sitting there now saying, well, if I can't get my hands on a console off the bat, I think I'm going to jump for these. Because the advantage you have is that when you're dealing with the consoles, you go to Microsoft, you go to Sony. When you're dealing with these cards, you can go to NVIDIA, you can go to EVGA, you can go to Zotac, you can go to PNY, you can go to Gigabyte. There are other and, you know, others. There are manufacturers over in China, Colorful, so on and so forth. There are options to go out there and do that. So will be very, very interesting to see 
uh, how that works. Now, wrapping up the show today, we did want to mention it's still going on right now. It is going on through next weekend. And even though it's not the same as uh, going there in person, I mentioned to the crew that while we're covering it, it's more like PAX South in that it is mostly a lot of indies. You don't see a booth from Sony. You're not seeing Microsoft. You're not seeing Nintendo. Bethesda's doing some panels, but, you know, they're not doing the big um, events and so on and so forth. But PAX Online is going on. There's some very interesting panels, free to all. You have um, a lot of games out, a lot of indie games, uh, demos available for everybody. They keep announcing things. I had a really, really nice session on a game that I'd actually played uh, before. T they told me all about the new upgrades and stuff. But then, of course, I got the, oh, but you can't talk to anyone about this until the end of September. And this, this, and this, you can't talk about till October. So it was kind of like, wouldn't this have been easier just to hit me up then? But, hey, that's how it is. One thing I did want to end on was the Borderlands 3. So the fourth DLC is out. Completed it the other day. We have the review online. And, of course, this was the last of the planned four DLCs. But then Gearbox announced, yep, there will be more DLC coming. And, oh, yes, there will be a new skill tree amongst other things michael what do you take about what do you you know what's your thought on all of this well yeah I, I think it's amazing the amount of content they continue to drop into borderlands 3 uh, you mentioned flack is getting a, a new skill tree a fourth skill tree um they're they're also saying they're going to offer four players split screen um play um and as well as uh they're doing free next generation uh upgrades so if you have borderlands 3 on playstation four or you have it on xbox one and you get a new console they're going to offer the free free upgrade to the next gen which with it's going to bring 4k 60 frames per second that seems to be the the mantra now for the consoles um high resolution graphics that kind of thing uh, again that's for free and, oh yeah and cross play too so um i think long overdue yeah well ironically the funny thing about cross play is i i own it on pc and I have friends who owned it on PS4, so I ended up having to buy a copy on PS4 so I could play with them, um, even though I already owned it on PC. So, um, I, you know, crossplay in general, I think, is is where everybody kind of needs to go. I think people are kind of getting tired of the, oh, I need to buy a, a PlayStation because my friends have PlayStation. Oh, but I have friends on Xbox, so I need to buy an Xbox as well. Um, and I think... It, it gets us back to the games, right? And I think that's, you know, we're seeing that with Call of Duty, but now we're seeing that with Borderlands. Uh, and again, I think, you know, the fact that we're continuing to get more updates to Borderlands 3, uh, the fact that they're, you know, continuing to give us, I mean, that's that's a game that keeps on giving as far as I'm concerned. And Gearbox has done a really great job with it. Um, I've been enjoying it a lot. And, you know, I have friends that that's the game they play exclusively. In fact, they bought a separate TV and a PS4, and they sit on the same couch, but they have two PS4s and two TVs, um, so they can play next to each other, so they don't have to play split screen anymore. Um, and then, oh, go ahead. No, I was just gonna say, I, I just think I, I, that's, I think they're really showing uh, the kind of faith that we put into companies to deliver quality content for a reasonable price, honestly. Yeah, and you know, and it's funny because people were saying, "Oh, well, they didn't announce a new season." And I was on the Gearbox forward talking. They just said new DLC, and I said, "Well, this is what I I thought, and this was my prediction before they did the showcase." I said, "If you remember, when Borderlands 2 came out, they had the four DLCs, but they also had seasonal events, the Halloween stuff." I said, "If you remember." 
Borderlands 3 had a Halloween event. You know, we went out and it was it was pretty fun. You're going through, you know, there was uh, new bosses and everything like that. And I said, so maybe they'll do something like that uh, as they take time to set up new DLC. And people were on there saying, oh, they're going to announce Borderlands 4. They've got and It's like you got to go back to the whole Halo situation. Uh, not Halo, excuse me. I meant Destiny 2, Halo on the mind for some reason. I said, they are in no hurry to make a Destiny 3 because they don't have to. They can keep making expansions. They can keep making updates. Grand Theft Auto 5, another prime example. Don't have to rush 6 out until it's ready because you they keep cranking fresh and original content out as long as the stuff comes out and it's good and it's not just a oh here's something to cash in until we get around to making another game i'm great and remember look how long there was between borderlands the pre-sequel and borderlands 3 let's not rush another game let's just be happy we're getting content and if another game comes along sooner rather than later i'm all for it but fantastic well, that is going to do it for us tonight, folks. Hopefully you have a very happy week, a very safe week, and we will look forward to talking to you next week. Hopefully Justin will be back in the mix. And uh, I know Joseph will be joining us in the not-too-distant future again. Until that time, everybody, take care and have a good one.